continues with the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on AM 1600 and 1370. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Well, look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello. Hello, love. Hello, hello, hello. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. We do. We miss you when you're not here. We're glad you're here. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Hey, that's it. Make yourself at home. Come on in. Set a spell. Get out of the rain. <laughs> Scattered showers throughout the day today. Temperatures in the upper 40s right about where we are right now. Uh, when I came in this morning, it was just turning from drizzle to actual rain. Haley Bunn, Supreme Court Justice here. Madam Justice, is it raining outside when you came in? It was kind of pouring. Yeah, yeah it's, kind of it's pouring. not okay. pleasant out there, um, but uh, I don't think it'll stop the football fans from coming out for the Super Six. Tonight. No. Bob, what is the, what is, I did? I, I should have asked Adam that. What is the evening forecast? Are we, did he think, are we looking at rain for the game? Adam's just going to slack up, so we're going to hold him to it. Okay, all right, so Good. they should hopefully get, get to the games in without that. Good. 44, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 46 of the Highlands, 40 in my my backyard in Elm Grove, where I'm not today, and 45 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Haley Bunn is a current Supreme Court justice appointed about, what, about a year and a half ago or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's flown by. When you were here the last time, you were just, you had just taken the bench, basically. Yeah. Um, what have you learned in that period of time? Oh, so much. Um, I love my job even more than I imagined I would. I'm working harder yeah. uh, than I imagined I would. And, uh, you know, just settling into the job. Uh, love working with my colleagues. I have four wonderful colleagues on the bench, wonderful staff. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Have you found yourself with any difficult decisions this year? Oh, of course. They're all difficult. They're all difficult. They I, knew, are. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, okay. it's true. I mean, we don't get the easy questions. Uh, those are typically filtered out um, before they come to us. So we're never bored. Uh, we never see the same thing uh, exactly twice. So, um, yeah, it, 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 they're, they're really difficult decisions every day. How, how do you – let me first ask this question. Do you all tend to agree pretty quickly on decisions? And if you don't, how do you resolve that disagreement? Um. I would say it depends. Uh, now, the vast majority of our cases are resolved 5-0. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the nature of it. But then for the rest of them, sometimes we quickly settle into what our vote will be and stay there. And then sometimes it's a progression. Sometimes there's more research needed. Um, but I've, I've often said that one of my favorite parts of the job is the disagreement. Uh, and people kind of look at me funny. But, you know, when we have the five of us sitting around a table in conference to decide a case, it's, it's just the five justices, we're all very well researched. We have dug into the cases. And, you know, we make our arguments for our positions in a respectful way. We never, you know, we never lose respect for one another. We always listen to one another. So that's actually one of my favorite parts of the job. It's always antsy interviewing a justice because I know there are things you can and can't talk about, so I won't ask sure. details or anything. But I will ask you this. Over the course of the past year and a half, whatever it's been, did you change your ever change your opinion from where you first thought you were coming down to where you ended up voting in the end? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we all have open ears. And I have changed some, some other justices' minds on yeah. some cases as well. Um, None of us are so dug in to our position that we're not willing to listen to other research, other positions. Um, and, you know, we each have a staff of attorneys that work with us as well to make sure that we're coming to the right decision. And I think, you know, iron sharpens iron. So making our positions with each other results in a better outcome for the, the opinion itself. How do you keep politics out of the court? Well, you know, because like in this day and age, everything seems sure. political. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I start every case um, by defining my role in the case, and it's and it's often limited by my standard of review, by the fact that I'm an appellate court. I'm you know, I'm not taking evidence. Right. I don't get to decide whether witness A or B was was more credible than the other. Um, and, you know, that's something that I've heard Clar- Clarence Thomas say that he does. Uh, Learned Hand, uh, famously a, a United States Supreme Court yep. justice, um, said that, you know, it's not for the judge to craft an ideal world, but just, you know, to essentially apply the law. So every case I start with that. Um, what is my role here? What am I being asked and what can I properly answer? And that's what the judicial uh, the judicial branch's role is to uphold the rule of law that way. Do you ever find yourself coming to conclusions saying, man, I wish this was not the conclusion I had to come to? Absolutely. This is what Haley Bunn, the human being, would not want to see this resolution this way. Yeah. Haley Bunn, the Supreme Court justice, is almost forced to do it because of the way the law is written. Yes. I mean, absolutely. And I think when you're sitting as an appellate judge, if you've if you're results oriented, I don't I don't think you're upholding the rule of law necessarily because um, when you apply the law evenly, fairly, and constitutionally, it's not always going to be the outcome that you personally want. But that's not what your role is. Again, it's to uphold the law. So, as you uh, you're up here in the Panhandle um, this weekend, I'm not sure what brought you up, but I know you're doing a number of different things while you're here. I assume you are going around the state and talking to people too. Yeah. What, what kind of how is the Supreme Court viewed by the people you talk to? Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest that I think a lot of folks maybe aren't thinking about at least the the race. Yeah, right now, they, uh, ne- they never do. Let's yeah, be, let's be honest. About <laughs> yeah, <it. laughs> um, I think a lot of times, you know, the judicial branch isn't kind of front and center for the political process. We here, as you know, Howard in West Virginia, have elected judges and elected judiciary, but that's not everywhere. And the federal system, of, of course, are appointed judges. So I think that's part of it. You know, folks. Elections and judges maybe aren't top of mind, and our terms are very long too, um, which obviously insulates us from the political process as well. Uh, but I do have questions, and there's often a lot of uh, questions that I can't answer. You know, hot button political issues, or what do you think about X, Y, and Z, or candidate, um, you know, one or two, and those are those are questions that I can't eth- ethically answer um, because of the judicial rules. Part of the problem I've had as a talk show host over all the years is I believe that this that the the Supreme Court and all judicial the, the whole judicial system is a really important part of our yeah. government, and it is hard to get people to think about it. I mean, let's just look at what we have right now here in Wheeling. We've got a race for the mayors coming up. We've got across the state. We've got the Senate race. You got the uh, the governor's race, Secretary of State's race, and it's hard to get people to even think about judicial True. races, which they should, it becomes doubly difficult because, and I'm even, I have to be super careful when I talk to you, I can't draw out from you all the things I'd like to draw out from sure. you because you have to be careful what you say. Yeah, I do. Um, at this point, as an incumbent, you do have uh, not quite two years, but almost two years of written word from me. Um, so if, if folks kind of want to know where I stand other than my background and the way that I approach cases, which I clearly can talk Do about. Do you have a, for lack of a better phrase, judicial philosophy? Sure, yeah. You know, and I've already kind of touched on it. It's it's to uphold the rule of law and, you know, adhere to the Constitution first and then the duly passed laws uh, from the legislature. It, it's, it's not my job to make the law. And that is what... Sandra Day O'Connor calls the majesty of the law here in our American system, the three uh, three branches of government. It, the judicial branch is is the gatekeeper to make sure that everything is constitutionally done fairly, uh, applied evenly, and um, so yeah. Do you ever look at a case, have a case, rule on a case, not feel comfortable but feel like it's what you have to do? And do you ever go out and grab like a legislator and go, hey, 
you guys got to fix this. I, I had to do this, but you guys got to fix this. You ever do that? Um, <laughs> well, I will say not not directly, no, but um, there. Yeah, are, but I get the sense indirectly, yes. Well, you know, sometimes we will. It will be in our opinions. You know, we we write we write our opinions, assuming that uh, the legislature and you know all the folks who are engaged in the process are reading them. And sometimes we will point out. Um, whether it be a statutory inconsistency or, you know, this is the result because it's written this way or, or you know, and I think that our written opinions, the court speaks through its opinions. Right. That, that's how we are constrained. Um, so w- we have to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, sadly, not, not a criticism, sadly, most people don't read the opinions. Sure. The yeah. general public, the people are going to go to the polls and uh, push a button or, or check a box uh, mm-hmm. for you or whoever, are going in half blind half the time. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Howard, for having me on, <laughs> um, for doing some education and paying attention to the judicial branch. You know, in May, so my, my whole election is in May. Um, it's it's since it's nonpartisan. It's not a primary. Yeah, it's, it's just not a primary. It is the election. The whole shebang is in May, uh, and it's the same with all the circuit judges and family court judges. Everyone will be up for election this year. So, not just the Supreme Court race, which is my seat and another seat that um, Justice Hutchison has indicated he's not going to run for again. So there'll be two open seats, two of five Supreme Court justices for full terms. Um, and all all circuit court judges and family court judges will be up for election in May. So people need to start thinking about it now and engaging with the process. I mean, two of five can make a big difference if if, if folks are concerned about any issues or about issues in general, they should be paying attention because with with two of five justices um, could be changing. Yeah. That that could change a, a bit of the way the court operates. Yeah. Let me do a break if it's okay with you. I want to come back and talk about a few other things uh, before we wrap things up here. Haley Bunn is with us. Uh, she is a uh, current Supreme Court justice here in West Virginia, running for re-election, uh, her first re-election effort, appointed by Governor Justice, I think back in April, something like that. April 22. I, well, I, I was going to ask you how, about when the governor called or whoever calls, how that was. But I'll do it when we come back. All right. It's 821, 21 after the hour. This is the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On Friday's edition of the show, we'll get you ready for a busy sports weekend, including the Super 6, the West Virginia High School Football Championships in Wheeling. Pat Strader will be here for Beer Friday at 4.30, and Brad Howe joins us at 5, plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at wvmetronews.com and on this Metro News station. Ohio Valley Regional Transportation Authority and the Eastern Ohio Regional Transit Authority remind listeners, in times of war and peace, the men and women of our military dedicate themselves to serving our country. Their commitment, patriotism, sacrifice, and courage keep our country safe and strong. Let us honor those who have lost their lives in the line of duty and salute those who serve today. A message from Ohio Valley Regional Transportation Authority and the Eastern Ohio Regional Transit Authority. Serving member communities on both sides of the Ohio River. Enjoy a wheeling wonderland Saturday, December 9th as the Nailers take the ice for action-packed hockey. Game time, 7:10. Explore the Holiday Village for unique and cool gift ideas from area boutiques and shops. There's a pom-pom hat giveaway. Stop by to see Santa and the Winter Princesses. And take part in the always fun teddy bear toss. Enjoy free hot chocolate while supplies last or purchase adult hot chocolate drinks. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. When mistletoe and tinsel glow, paint a Valentine back home. I go to those I know for a Christmas. Oh, Langsine. Have you ever heard a 
a Christmas old Lang Syne before. That's a different one, Bob. You, I'm telling you what, you do a great job digging these things up. Well, that's today's theme. I don't think we played these songs for a while. That's Bobby Darren. I, I found that on YouTube, Howard. It sounds pretty pretty. It is nice. And it's, I love old Lang Syne, but this is Christmas old Lang Syne. That's a, that's a great difference. We do all bumper, all holiday bumper music all season long here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 824. Haley Bunn is in the studio with me. She is a Supreme Court justice, has appointed by Governor Justice back in April of last year, running now for her first term as an elected uh, justice. Uh, apparently, I guess, she liked being on there enough. She decided she'd want to keep the gig. Yeah, uh, I love it. What did you think when you were appointed? Well, you know, it was uh, an interesting process. You have to throw your name in the hat first. So the Judicial Vacancy uh, Commission uh, takes applications. So there's a full application process with letters of recommendation and just the decision to throw my name in to be considered was stressful honestly and um, I second-guessed it but my husband um, and my my partners at Steptoe and Johnson were very Your husband supportive. is here and is he being is. very quiet. Is he always this quiet? I'm just, I'm no, just asking. Okay. It's very unusual. <laughs> I'm wondering what spell you've put on him Howard. Um, but, you know, once I learned that I was one of three names that were recommended to, to the governor, I was on pins and needles for a while. I didn't know when or if the call was coming and um, was fortunate enough to go have a meeting with the governor. And I, I kind of didn't know if that was going to be an interview or what it was going to be and, and walked out of there knowing that, that I was a Supreme Court justice. And I, it, it was amazing. It was surreal. <clears throat> Is it something you... Because I don't know how people in the legal profession feel. Is that something you wanted to do? Is that something that was sort of, sort of a goal, you know, along the way? Boy, one day I'd like to be a Supreme Court justice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think being a judge is a dream of a lot of litigators, at least, mm -hmm. um, folks who are in the courtroom uh, very much. I, I, I did always want to be a judge. I've always had a very strong sense of justice. Uh, I, I grew up with that. And... Yeah, it, it's been a dream. You were a federal prosecutor for a while. I was. Tell yes. us more about your background. Uh, so, yeah, I'm from Southern West Virginia. Coal miner's daughter. Remember you tell me that before, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, coal miner's great granddaughter, even. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a long line of non lawyers. So, <laughs> when I decided to, to try out this law thing, uh, my family was like, okay, let's, let's, let's go for it. But really, growing up that way, I think really set me up with a good background to to be a judge. I mean, the values that I got is to to, to work hard, to work with integrity, um, to have good character no matter who may be watching to make the right decision. And those values have carried through and uh, helped me every day. So. so tell me about your, your professional background. Sure. So right out of law school, I started at Steptoe & Johnson, a, a large private West Virginia firm and then after a couple of years there I went to be an assistant United States attorney uh, also known as a federal prosecutor mm -hmm. in the southern district of West Virginia and really what prompted that was I saw how hard the opioid epidemic was hitting my home county of West Virginia my home uh, town of Oceana even had a documentary called Oxyam, mm -hmm. made about it. I remember that. Those were my contemporaries. You know, those were people you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I really felt like the way that I grew up was threatened uh, by, by the drug scourge. And I thought, well, there's something I can do. So I went and prosecuted a lot of uh, violent crime drugs and, you know, some corruption, some fraud at uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and it was a wonderful opportunity to to give back to the community and, you know, do a small part to try to, you know, stem the tide. I know I have known over the years most of the federal prosecutors here in the Northern District mm -hmm. uh, and got to know some of them quite well, and I ask them all the time, and I ask you now as a prosecutor and even as a judge, when you get into some of these drug cases where there are some pretty Tough characters. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Do, do, do you get scared? Do you get worried? Do you get frightened about that stuff? Um, my husband's over here looking at me. He yeah. <laughs> so he he and my parents probably uh, did and would often say that. But you know the process 
was so important to me. I just always stayed focused on doing it the right way um, and trusting that. And, you know, statistically, it's rare (laughs) for, you know, a prosecutor to be um, targeted. I I know recently there have been some really public incidents, unfortunately, with judges, one right over in Hagerstown who, who unfortunately was killed by a litigant. So safety is obviously always... Uh, a concern, but it, it's more important to me that just doing doing do it the, the job. right way, do the job the right way, um, and we need good people there to do that job. So somebody's got to stand up and yes. and, and and do that. Uh, when my friend, a former prosecutor up here, Bill Kalabash, uh, prosecuted some big name cases, mm-hmm. and uh, I've heard stories from him about he did get threats yeah. and strange. Items showed up in his office and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I, I always takes a lot of courage. I, it, may, it may not be something that's an everyday occurrence, but I just think you have to have a little yeah. bit of courage to stand up. And that's true, I assume, from a judicial point of view as well. Maybe not so much the Supreme Court, but still along the way, I would yeah. guess so. I'm almost out of time. Is there anything else I need to ask you or anything else you want to tell us? Uh, you know, I just want to thank <laughs> the Northern Panhandle for a, a wonderful couple of days. There's so much going on up here. Symphony on Ice, the Super Six, so much construction. Yes. Growing <laughs> pains. Um, but it's all good, wonderful things. So uh, there's a real feeling of an engine revving up up here. And yeah, that's, I'm, good. that's a good, I like that. I'm yeah. encouraged by it. You know, I, I represent the entire state. I'm running statewide and I love diving into these communities in different areas and, and just seeing what's going on. And I'm encouraged by what's going on up here. So thank you for hosting. Well, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Good luck to you in the, uh, in the election. And, uh, we'll, uh, We'll talk to you again, perhaps, at some point. I appreciate it, Howard. Thanks, Thanks. for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Bob. All right. You're uh, welcome. 8.30 Thank in the you. morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Haley Bunyan dropping by to visit with us. Thanks for doing that. Good conversation this morning. If you want to catch the interview, it's on our podcast page at watchdognetwork.com. I'll have it up right after the 9 o'clock hour. Also, remember, you can catch all of our shows on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't know how to get to our Apple Podcast page, go to my Facebook page, the link to the Apple Podcast page right there at the top. So you can catch all of this interview and all of the other ones that we do every single day right here uh, on The Watchdog. All right, over to the news desk, Taylor Long from WTRF-TV has Ohio Valley headlines for us. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this December the 1st. West Virginia is now getting more help for its troubled corrections system. This comes with the hiring of many more corrections officers. Earlier this year, the Justice Administration and state lawmakers put the job vacancy rate at more than 1,000 in the state's jails and prisons. But after a recent recruitment drive, there will be nearly 300 new corrections officers on the job by the end of December. Corrections leaders have been finding new guards at job fairs with the help of Workforce West Virginia. The state must still hire hundreds more corrections officers. It is still facing a class action lawsuit in the federal courts saying that inmates' rights have been violated by overcrowding, understaffing, and unsafe conditions. Following the passing of Issue 1, there are now nine abortion clinics open in the Buckeye State. This protects the right to an abortion before fetal viability, contraceptives, and other reproductive rights. A legal expert says while all of this is true, it doesn't mean Ohio is going back to a world pre-overturning Roe v. Wade. For example, he says Ohio's heartbeat law or six-week abortion ban is still in front of the Ohio Supreme Court. He says while that is technically not enforceable in one week, it will be up to Ohio justices, which mostly swing right to hear that case. There is one thing that both sides agree on, that it is a fight that may not be over. And some continuing coverage, an Ohio County man was injured after going over a steep hill on his ATV and landing in the woods. Emergency crews headed to Tridelphia off Chapel Hill Road where the accident occurred yesterday. Authorities say it appears the man went backward down the hill, thrown off his ATV before striking a tree. Ohio County EMS took the driver to a local hospital. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Rick Patino is back inside the Coliseum. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up after this from Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics.
The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's a game night here in Morgantown as West Virginia and St. John's renew a battle from their Big East days. And this is the Big 12 Big East Challenge. West Virginia entertaining a familiar face on that opposing bench. None other than Rick Pitino, now 71 years old and in his very first season with the Johnnies. You go back and you take a look at Pitino's career. He's been a head coach for 36 seasons, 800 and 38 wins, a winning percentage of 74%. You'd have to go all the way back to 1976 when his first head coaching job came up. It was at the University of Hawaii. Then five seasons at Boston University, just two seasons at Providence, but he is remembered there because he led the Friars to a Final Four. He had a point guard by the name of Billy Donovan. Eight seasons at Kentucky with great success. The same for those 16 seasons that he spent at Louisville. Then, as you probably know, trouble ensued and he stepped away. He coached in Greece for a couple of seasons. Then most recently, three seasons at Iona where he won 72% of his games and now St. John's. Should be an interesting matchup. These two teams have a long, long tradition In fact, the very first meeting came back in 1937. Tonight's game will be the 39th all-time meeting between the two schools. West Virginia leads the series 20-18. Pre-game coverage here begins at 6, and our opening tip set to go at 7. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Santa Duck is in town at your nearest Lucky Duck discounters. Smart Christmas shoppers start early at Lucky Duck, where the price goes down as the week rolls on with thousands of bin items. Plus shelf items like refrigerators, patio furniture, baby supplies, and more priced at 40% below retail. No other bin store in our area offers these great buys. Start your Christmas shopping now because it's all first come, first served, and items on the shelf change every week. Visit Lucky Duck discounters, Wheeling, Glendale, New Martinsville, Steubenville, and Morgantown. Lucky Duck, more than just a bin store, it's your Christmas shopping headquarters. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. This is great conversation for the holidays or any time of year. You're listening to the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the world, and in every port I own the heart of at least one lovely girl. Well, if we're singing about the traveling man on a Friday morning at 837, it probably means Bill Bryson is here, and it's time for the uh, Uniglobe Ohio Valley Travel Show. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, Howard. Y'all ready for Christmas yet? We're in pretty good shape, yeah. Yeah, and then we, we kind of had to be. We've got a, a family event, 15, 16, 17th, so we've got to be ready for that. And then uh, our um, Texas Christmas in Texas trip goes out on Sunday, 3, three four, five, six, and 7. So... Um, a lot of my December's already taken already up, taken so up, I've got to yeah. be ready, yeah. yeah we, we, we are, we have uh, almost all of our gifts purchased 
I don't have anything for my wife. <laughs> but other than that, almost all the gifts are purchased <clears throat> and wrapped because the same thing. We're going to be at the Greenbrier the week before Christmas. Right. So really, we need to. We've got a week earlier than usual to be ready, ready, ready. So it's. Uh, but you know what? That's been good for us. Same here. Because it actually forces us to get this stuff done, and I'm feeling much better now. I got a couple more things to buy, but I feel like I'm, things are under control. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. We uh, we took that week a week after days after uh, Thanksgiving and got a lot of the stuff done, and, and yeah, feeling pretty good about it. You got a couple of neat things going on. Just, just want to jump right into a couple of things you have coming up here uh, um, that people need to know about. You have your new flyer out. First of all, I should tell people right, that. Just, you, just hit. Uh, we got one this week. So, Nancy, it is funny. We are like the kids when Toys R Us catalog comes out. <laughs> the, the, Nancy said, oh, the Uniglobe flyer is here. And then after dinner, she brings it in, and we sit down, and we start going through it to see what's what's coming mm, up. It's, yeah, just, good. it's really neat. But your your cover story, so, so to speak, is the Rhine River Cruise, which we took a few years ago. And there's a great discount deal if you get it in time. Absolutely. That $1,000 off per person. And we were pushing to get this out soon, sooner than it actually hit. And uh, that if booked by December 1st, well, that's, that's today. today. <laughs> that's today. So we called uh, Avalon, which is Globus, um, and said, hey, we just sent out all these uh, mailers. Can we get an extension on this? And they said, yes, you've got until the end of January uh, and still be able to take advantage of that offer. So that gives us two more months. Uh, and somebody that just got that, that's a big expense. And to try to say, hey, okay, we got to do it by tomorrow. Uh, we didn't feel good about that either. So um, we have until the end of January. So there's, there's a good number of people on it already. But if you're thinking about maybe uh, doing that Rhine River cruise, and it is a fabulous cruise. It's a great cruise. Again, took it yeah. myself. I really, really enjoyed it. You do have a couple more months now. The thing is, with the way, the way they do those, we're not holding inventory. So in other words, if we were holding, I don't know, 25 cabins, uh, then when the 25 cabins are up, we're basically You're sold out, out, unless we can get more from the supplier. In this case, we're just selling against the world. They have guaranteed us the price as long as that price is out there. But if somebody from Poughkeepsie decides to book 100 rooms... Then we're done. Right. Yeah, so... Even though we have more time uh, to decide on this and still take advantage of that $1,000 off per person, it's still in your best interest to do it as soon as you've decided, yes, we're going to do this. At that point, give us a call. Let us get you on that list. Let, let us get that cabin reserved for you so somebody else doesn't come along and take it from another place in the world you know i'm the kind of guy i don't get wildly up in arms about d discounts most of the time you know oh you 50 discount on the internet package on a cruise oh okay it's nice but it's not going to make a decision for me but a thousand dollars per person on that's a trip like that really, that really that big. becomes a big yeah, deal yeah. yeah and that's almost the cost of the airfare uh so um when you when you factor that in that that's a really uh really good uh, good thing to consider when you're trying to decide if this is the the cruise for me and uh, like you said we, we we start off in switzerland and we spend a couple of days in lucerne which is a I beautiful loved, i city. love that i love that yeah and then that tour of mount pilatus in the swiss alps that's all part of that uh, pre-cruise and then we uh, travel over to to uh, basel switzerland switzerland get on the boat and seven days north on the rhine river um and some of the some of those cities there are, are um, most of them are Germany. There's a fr city in France, and then we end up in uh, Amsterdam. And um, but boy, it's 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 really neat. Kind of a touch of old Germany. Uh, Cologne is one of the one of the towns. Now it was destroyed uh, pretty much in World War Two. So it's a more modern city than some of the other ones. But a couple uh, cathedrals I think we saw in France. Oh, I think some cathedrals in France. Castle in Germany, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, and then uh, I was sick in Amsterdam, so the rest of the group went. <laughs> I didn't. I did. I stayed on the boat, unfortunately, in Amsterdam. In fact, we were talking about that just last night. That some TV show they were in Amsterdam, and Nancy says, "Yeah, we were there. We were there." So, well, honey, you were there. I was. <laughs> I was on the boat. Yeah. Uh, th my favorite part of of that Rhine River cruise, though, the first two days in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I, that is just phenomenal yeah that there's something about I, i've said it before i think on the on the radio even that um 
when we were getting ready to get on the boat, I said, if we were actually going home today, I would consider this a great trip because we've just spent, what, three days in, in Lucerne. So that was really neat. But that, uh, Marilyn Thalman is going to take that trip, and it's uh, September 22nd to October 1st. And, um, again, that $1,000 offer uh, that's uh, stated on the front page of our mailer that just hit is really going to be good now for a couple more months. So, so. take it, if, if you have any interest at all, uh, talk to, the, to Marilyn or anybody at the office about this cruise. I, I thought it was a tremendous experience. Um, only time I've ever done a riverboat cruise. It's a totally different thing than, a, than a, an ocean cruise. It you know, it's calmer, quieter. Uh, you see more along the way. Um, and the ports of call are really, really neat. This particular cruise I've been on, so and I can't some, encourage it highly. And then with this discount, that's a big deal. Yeah. And there's some things on a river cruise that are not included on an ocean cruise. Uh, for instance, beer and wine at dinner. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to buy beer and wine at dinner every night, you know, factor that in on your uh, uh, ocean cruise, add that to the cost. You don't add it to the cost on the uh, uh, river cruise. Uh, there's a tour every day. Um, Usually it's about a half a day tour, and then you have in a couple of cities you'll have an option to do a second tour if you choose, or spend some time or on your own. Or spend some time on your own, which you want to go out and shop and do the city or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, and it is a very relaxing cruise. You see a lot. You get to visit a lot of cities that you can't get to from the ocean. Um, beer and wine at dinner, and it's a the meals are excellent, and it's just a it's all around. It's just a really good value. Yeah, again, especially with the $1,000 discount, um, that's uh, it, this is a great deal. If, if you have an interest, learn more about it. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about it from personal experience in this one. Um, and the, with the discount, that's, uh, that's a great deal. Yeah, you know, you have to decide if you want to afford it and if, if your timing works and everything else. But it's, it's, a, it's a really good deal. 8.45 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bill Bryson with us, Uniglobe, Ohio Valley Travel. I got thinking earlier this week with the uh, the temperatures as cool as they were in the early morning hours, a lot of people probably start thinking about getting away to warmer climates. Maybe start thinking about cruises. You got a lot of cruises coming up. We have a ton of cruises in in 24. Um, I think our January cruise. Uh, I think that one is is sold out. Jen, Jen has been taking a January cruise for maybe the last five or six years. Um, and then we have a cruise, an Eastern Caribbean cruise on Car the Carnival Legend. That's in March. And then uh, that Icon of the Seas. And we had Charlie on a couple of uh, weeks ago from Royal Caribbean talking about this fabulous new Icon of the Seas, their newest and biggest ship. Um, that is in April. So uh, one in March, one in April. Um, and the Ron Retzer cruise, we haven't talked about that a whole lot. Um, that's going to Bermuda in June. That's on a celebrity cruise. And uh, there's a, a, I believe there's a drink package included with that, that price as well. Uh, so we've got, um, I think in the first, not counting Jenna's, which is sold out, and the Alaska cruise, which is sold out in June also, <laughs> I think we've got um, almost one cruise a month. Uh, everybody except... Uh, Alaska is going south. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, we've got that West Cruise, West Coast Cruise in September, and it's been a while since we've done that. Now, you do need a passport for that one because we're going to fly You're going in, out of Vancouver, right? Going out of Vancouver. Fly into Vancouver, and then we'll sail uh, southbound out of Vancouver, and that's got some neat, neat ports along the, uh, along the West Coast. The New England Cruise is always, and has been since 2001, um, an annual event for us. I think they had um, two boats, uh, two buses last year, and uh, that always is a is a is a nice nice cruise. And then the uh, we're going to do Hawaii, the Hawaii cruise on NCL's Pride of America, and uh, that's in October of next year. And that's a that's a neat. Did you do that one? I did not know. Okay, that's a neat way to do Hawaii because you know, a lot of cruises. You know, you're a day at sea one or two times. Not this one. It is a an Hawaiian adventure. You're doing something every day. You're going to spend two days in Maui. Uh, Kauai gets a day and a half. You're on both sides of the big island of Hilo. It's a really good way to see a lot of the island of Hawaii. Um, it would take you probably at least 10 days to, to do this if you were going to just do it as a land trip. Here you can do it as a, I think we're going in a day early uh, to Oahu, but um, it it lets you see a whole lot of different things uh, in the in the island of Hawaii. I have not been to Hawaii, um, so I only this is based on reading and thinking and talking to you and so on. 
it seems to me the cruise is really a great way to go because the the it's just the problem it's not the problem but Hawaii is so many different things mm-hmm. it it is almost hard to get to the everything that you want to go see in Hawaii uh, particularly if you have to you know pack up and travel from one place to another and so on but using the cruise you get from one place to another while you're sleeping essentially yeah and if you figure okay i have to leave today go to the airport and fly from one island to the next and then do it in reverse to get back to the hotel you've lost at least a half a day so every time you move like that you're giving up a half a day traveling where on the cruise the cruise is traveling overnight cruise ships traveling overnight and you have the days to spend uh, on the islands but you mentioned the the how different each island is even on the island of maui uh, which to me, Maui is the way we all picture Hawaii. Um, on the coast side, they get about three inches of rain a year. On the interior of Maui, now this isn't a very big island. Right. They have 300 inches of rain <laughs> a year. <laughs> so even within the island of Maui, you're big difference. a huge difference in uh, just in rainfall. And then part of it is green, part of it is, is beaches and all that. So. I'm not a travel agent. I would probably assume if you have a particular thing you want to do in Hawaii or a couple of particular things, then you may want to book some kind of a land cruise or not a cruise. If you want to get a real feel and flavor for everything or most of it, you do a better job with a cruise. Is that a fair way? It's very fair. And a lot of times people will do their first trip on the cruise. I spent a day and a half in Kauai. I spent two days in Maui. Um, I spent time on Hilo, and I spent time on uh, in Hilo and Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, and I spent uh, a day, day and a half on Oahu, saw Pearl Harbor. Okay, now I have a really good feel of all the different things that are there in Hawaii. Now, you know, two, three, five years later, let's go back to Hawaii. I pick one of the I things really we want like to go see. This, yeah. Yeah. you know, I really like Maui. Let's go back to Maui, or let's go back to you know Kauai. Where would you want to go back to? What where, What's your favorite spot or spots? In, in what Maui? Yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Maui. I was just sick when they had that uh, oh. uh, fire that went through there. Uh, some of those places uh, is that problem pretty much resolved? Coming, it, it, being resolved. Uh, some things you just can't replace that quickly. With fire goes through that banyan tree. That banyan tree was about an acre. One tree, an one acre. acre. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, and they said that there's there's signs that that tree is does have some life because it basically burned. Um, and some of the of course buildings and stuff like that. It was just a freak deal how that all happened, but. Um, yeah, Maui is is kind of like the way I would define paradise. And a lot of people get married in, on Maui or Kauai. Sometimes it's Kauai, but um, I've, I've seen a lot on Maui, and that would be my favorite of the islands. The one thing I would like to go, the one specific thing I have in my mind if I go to Hawaii is Pearl Harbor. We tell people, if you're going to, Pearl, if you're going to Hawaii, we'll say, are you interested in Pearl Harbor? No, no, we don't, we don't care about that. We said, hold on. Think, think about that again. <laughs> hold on here. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, our our age, we you can't, I don't know, you can't go to Hawaii and not see Pearl Harbor and understand what that meant for us. Right. Um, as, as human beings in the 40s and all that kind of stuff. Um, 1941, uh, one of the things... At Pearl Harbor is there's a Navy, the Navy cruise, and it's free. You don't even have to pay for it. You just got to get there. It will take you out to the USS Arizona. <clears throat> there is a memorial that mm-hmm. is over top of the sunken ship, the uh, USS Arizona. Um, there are 900 bodies that are still, still in that ship. There. And it, uh, when you get out there. And it's still leaking oil, isn't it? Or yeah, something? yeah. Yeah. When you get out there, um, there's a. It's like a walkway, I guess, and some statue, just uh, signage and all that sort of thing, and uh, a memorial. Um, Nobody says a word. It is eerily quiet. And you see where the Japanese plane, they came in that way. Mm. And you see where the other um, uh, battleships were and what all happened there that day. And, and, uh, you know, that... That is such a major part of our history, and to go to Hawaii and not experience that. Um, I was with a Navy guy one time, and man, that was that was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, um, it's probably true of all travel. 
you, you can read things in a book, but you don't understand them until you're there. But I would think particularly something like that. I don't care how much history knowledge you have, how many books you've read about it, to stand there and, like you said, picture this is where the Japanese planes came over. I, I, that's, I'm not even sure what word I want to use. It's, it's, it's almost got to be, um, well, chilling maybe, maybe. Chilling is probably a good word. Um, you know, n- another uh, similar is um, the Twin Towers in New York. Exactly, yes. If you've uh, been there and seen the memorial and the pools there and all the names and stuff, um, and, and realize and think about what actually happened that day. Uh, what was it, three, 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 nine, seven, seven, or something like that? Or no, two, nine, seven, seven. Almost three thousand uh, Americans lost died. their lives wow. that day. And you think this is what happened here, and it's just, yeah. And there, there are other places with different things around the country like that, but those are the two that come to mind. But we always tell people, you won't regret going to Pearl Harbor. Yeah, they say, I don't know where else I would want to go if I go to Hawaii, but I would. Yeah. that would have to be part of, of whatever yeah. uh, time I spent Well, the Navy there. tour is free, and there are people that try to sell that tour, but uh, to be honest, you, can, you get there, uh, it, it's, a, it's about a half a day experience. So you're doing Hawaiian cruise uh, a little less than a year from now, next right. October, mm-hmm. next October. Yeah. Uh, and then throughout the summer months, you've got several uh, uh, several uh, trips. But the, the January cruise is booked already, huh? The January one, yeah, that's been, that sells out almost every year. And, and, and Jenna's kind of claimed that <laughs> it's the <laughs> Jenna cruise. Mine, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's doing very well. But uh, yeah, uh, that one. And then... Um, we go on from there into uh, March with the Eastern Caribbean on Carnival and an Icon. Uh, um, I didn't get to go on the Icon this year, but uh, that'll be Jenna again. Uh, her and she's taking a trip, and I think her and Jennifer got invited to the uh, inaugural, which ah, is like okay. a two-day sailing, so they can get a get their bearings on how the ship is laid out and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, and keep in mind, quick. So these are these are the uh, Uniglobe escorted booked tours. You can take a cruise on the Icon of the Seas at your own pace, your own leisure, yeah. whatever weekend or week you decide you want to go, uh, or you can take a Hawaii cruise or whatever. You don't have to go on Uniglobe's escorted cruises. Yeah, as we've said before, what we do is try to pick one week where, okay, we're going to offer a trip and we're going to send somebody. A lot, of, a lot of times people like that. People don't necessarily need that. But it's nice when there's a comfort level yes. to that. There's a bus that's leaving from Wheeling and going to the Pittsburgh airport, and we're all going together. And uh, if there's any issues, uh, somebody's there to maybe help with. But uh, you're basically on your own um, uh, during the cruise. Uh, there's so many more things I wanted to get to today. We're not going to get to them all. I do want to take a minute or two because we're heading up towards Christmas to talk about some ideas for Christmas. And I think. I think you can offer other ideas. I think that if you want to buy a gift of travel, maybe some of the summer shows, the uh, Pittsburgh shows, the Symphony, Pittsburgh Symphony, or the Pittsburgh um, uh, theater shows and so on, would be a great gift idea. There are a lot of shows in this one. We've, we've, we've added more shows in the last year or two than we've ever offered before. And, uh, you know, to pick one of those shows, um, I know... Uh, um, Mamma Mia, for instance, we did that a few years ago. It was a big hit. It's offering that. I believe it's in March. Um, somebody, there's probably a show in there that means something to somebody. <laughs> so if you're looking for a gift idea, one of those shows might be just the thing. The uh, Pittsburgh Symphony, uh, you're doing a, 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 a Fiddler on the Roof show. Yeah. If I were a rich man, it's my one of my favorite shows. My wife pointed that out to me when we, this came. She said, "Oh, Fiddler on the Roof." Well, maybe we'll take a look at that. But uh, that's just one. A Gershwin celebration it looks like a lot of fun. Theater shows you mentioned, Mamma Mia, Company. God, I haven't seen Company for a long time. That was yeah, a good show. Yeah. That's a really good show. Uh, Sugar Creek has uh, Tony Bennett. Uh, there's a tribute to Tony Bennett. That's coming up in March. Uh, the Byam Theater in Pittsburgh, um, uh, Glenn Miller Orchestra. Um, just a lot of different things. Um, there's got to be something there that you're going to find, hey, this would be perfect for so-and-so or perfect for my husband, my wife, whatever. Um, so there's quite a, quite a number of those to, to pick from as well. And then, of course, baseball. We always do baseball. Um, Is your football do- trip booked up, Mr. Bryson? you got Indianapolis and the Steelers coming up? Speaking of Indianapolis, we got extended on that thousand uh, dollar offer yesterday. 
Well, let me back up. We started on that t trip clear back six, seven months ago. We knew they were going to play Indianapolis. We looked like that would be the best time. When they announced the schedule, it's mid-December. Oh, not the best time to go. And However, they didn't have a time for that. They didn't have a day for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, and Indianapolis is a covered stadium. So we thought, okay, we're still okay. You don't have to worry about sitting out in the cold. I called the Colts, and they said, it's going to be on Sunday, November, or December 17th. Okay. Now, we don't know what time. Could be a 1, could be a 4, could be a 7. So we built our trip. Let's go Saturday. Uh, we can do the NCAA Hall of Champions, which is very nice. We'll do a dinner. We'll do the game on Sunday. We'll come home on Monday. Yesterday, 16 days before the game, they changed the day to Saturday. Oh. The game is now on Saturday, the 16th. December 16th at 4.30. Now, for us, that's backwards. So we were going to leave Saturday morning anyway. So we can still be there at the game. So we'll do that on Saturday. And then Sunday we'll do the NCAA. We'll, we've got dinner planned. And now we have time to add something else in. So on one hand, you know, there's going to be a little bit more in the trip. When you get to these hotels, uh, especially this time of year, they want to do minimums. Well, I, I'm not going to sell you just one day. I'm going to sell you a two-day minimum. So we got two days, except it's – Backwards. It's going to work, but for us, it's backwards. We, you know, the game and then the extra attractions in Indy. So, anyway, it's going to work, um, but it's they did change the day yesterday, which that, that is totally wrong. They got the people that were planning on and have tickets to fly in Saturday night for the Sunday game are, 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 are in trouble. And then we've got uh, West Virginia at Ohio State basketball. That's coming up on December 30th. That's a good uh, good Christmas gift idea. And we still have seats on Holiday Pops in Pittsburgh. Another good Christmas idea. Any of these, uh, look, if, if you're thinking about a gift of travel, talk to any of the people at Uniglove. They'll give you some good ideas, fun way to make it a nice a gift for somebody in your family or for yourself. Give yourself the gift right. of travel if you'd like to. Uh, and then start thinking about, as Nancy and I are, what are you, where are you going next year? That's what I hear from all the people <laughs> I see on the trips. You know, everybody we know from the trips, where are you going next year? So we got to take a look at that. Bill, always good talking to you. Same here. People can call Uniglobal High Valley Travel 232-6191. is a symphony. Why do I get you guys mixed up all the time? Yeah, we're close. 5171 for uh, all the information you need. Or be, wait, never mind. I started to say stop by the office. Can we get to your office? You can get there. You can get there. Okay. You can park in Warwood and walk down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We're way behind time. Sorry, Bob. Uh, ABC News already in progress. When we walk in the sand of ABC's Martha Raddatz, excuse me, a presidential face-off last night on Fox News dubbed the red state versus blue state debate between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Newsom highlighting former President Trump's huge lead in the Republican primary. How's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. This is a slick, slippery politician yeah. who stayed his 